the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, it, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he pinned me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If if Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mention a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. My last name is Wanglund. Who? Wanglund. The Scandinavian guy. I'm 38 years old, and I've been successful at every job I've ever done, and this isn't an ego boost or an arrogant or cocky nature. I've been successful at everything I've ever done because I have high morals and values. I'm like a circus freak juggling with my peony over here. Because it's pretty simple. If you don't want to use drugs or alcohol, don't use them. I've snorted enough coke in my day, uh, along with other things. (laughs) I don't do this just because I love it. I do love it, and that's why I do it. But I do it also to hopefully continue to grow something I'm passionate about and financially make more money. My stupid wrong SmackDown review from somebody that's never been in the business that doesn't know a fucking thing about it. (laughs) When you're with the big world order, Richie, what are they, man? Four. Get my go huge and monumental yep my go we're 130 percent transparent all the time yep my go my numbers have gone up 248 percent yep my go you want to enjoy some sex with some men mike durbin good guy great guy love mike nothing but great things to say about mr durbin been on my show several times been on his show several times big fan does great work talented guy cool dude love him to death no ill feelings towards mike at all i love jeff lane i'm a jeff lane fan and i think he's an even better person mr russo that would make our lives it's such a pleasure to speak with you sir like thank you for everything that you do for everybody your loyal fans and 
Russo and Lane, I said what I said to you, man. I really could give a shit less. Go on and move about your way. Go do Vic Venom, Russo. You know, go burn to another bridge with somebody else. You got kicked off Westwood One now, so they don't want your ass either. Get my go. I don't like to say the hate word. Get my go. It's none of their goddamn business. Get my go. Absolutely. Get my go. When you dine with the devil, make sure you got a long spoon. <laughs> Jeff, it would make my life in my honor if I could come on Castrate in the Marks and anytime you would have me and do a Dave Meltzer. I want to castrate Marks so bad with you guys. It's like a dream of mine. That's how much I love the brand and Vince and Jeff and what they do. Yep, my go. I just felt like a fucking Uber. Yep, my go. Tell me what you think of me. Yep, my go. Kurt Angle was stoned off his gore though. Yep, my go. If you think that bothers me, yep, my go. It absolutely bothers me nothing. Yep, my go. What, what's that, buddy? Shut up, Christopher, you suck. Yep, my go. But I'm telling you, it's pretty accurate to what it was. Yep, my go. <laughs> I can video edit better now. I'm getting better as you guys see each video. Um, I'm a tremendous audio editor. I don't think there's many people that can edit better audio and music mixes for shows than I do. Because you don't have any balls to ever say it to my fucking face, ever. Hey, it's alright, man. I'm Johnny fucking podcasting. I don't want to be Johnny fucking podcasting anymore. Brother. Fuck you, man. Go stick this middle finger up where the sun don't shine. And that's that. Hello and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am your host, JP John Paz, and with us today is a host, a producer, an editor, a musician, of course, the man behind the Mike Durbin show, and get my go. He is, of course, Mr. Mike Durbin. Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. Thank you, John. It's a real honor to be on this show. This show is at the top of the list. Everybody talks about this show with such high regard, so it, it's a real honor for me to be on here. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for being on. I appreciate those kind words. I think that, like, kind of where I want to start with you, because you're like all over the place, but how did you kind of get started in wrestling? Because I feel like you were doing a lot of like awesome, like Jericho Cruise and, and convention videos and stuff, and you, you I kind of see your name popping up, then you had your own show, but how did you kind of get started and really kind of get noticed in wrestling? Um, in the wrestling thing, um, it was probably three years ago now. I was on castrating the marks, you know, every week they have the t-shirt guest. I, I bought yep. the t-shirt. I went on and, you know, sometimes people are on there for five, 10 minutes and then they're off. I, the first time I was on there, I was on for 30 minutes with Vince and I just kept asking him questions and, uh, we had a really good time. And, and, um, I think I was on two or three more times after that. And then, uh, about a month before the first star cast came to Chicago, it was, uh, or whatever it is, Hoffman Estates. Uh, I was on Castro in the Marks again. I, I told him, like, yo, I'm going to this StarCast convention. Uh, I'm going to film a documentary because I do a lot of video work, too. Um, I was like, I'm going to do this documentary. He's like, he's like, Mike, if you do that, I will give you your own special on the brand. Uh, you know, whatever you want to do. You have you have the the time slot and, and uh, you know, we'll do it. I'm like, OK, so I did it. I went to StarCast. I met uh, my good friend Hambone. I met him there. and. Um, a few other friends were there and yeah, I filmed a, 
kind of a mini documentary. And then what we did was I presented all the footage to Vince. We watched it and then he added his commentary into that. And uh, that became the star cast and all in castrating the mark special. And Which was, was very good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was a big hit on the brand. And um, maybe a month after that, Vince asked me to do an album review show with him. He was adding a few more shows to the brand. He wanted an even 10 number of shows. So he added an album review and uh, we did eight episodes of it. And that was the first podcasting I'd ever done. I never wanted to be into podcasts. I never sought it out. I never, I don't really like to talk. I like to do more behind the scenes stuff like editing and producing and stuff. So I, that was never a goal of mine, but when Vince Russo offers you something, you'd be a fool to say no. So I, I tried it and um, it was a lot of fun. I had more fun putting together the shows. We would, he and I would record the album review shows. Then I would have more fun editing it and putting it all together. So um, after about eight episodes of that, uh, he canceled that show. And then the one he did with Vito and uh, Goldilocks, um, he said he was too busy. So he canceled all of our shows, but then he gave us all our own shows. And, you know, Goldie and Vito are still on the brand. So, and then I started the Mike Durban show on the brand. Um, I was thinking of quitting, but um, I got a lot of message, messages from people and they were like, no, you know, continue. You got to keep doing your own thing. So um, I thought about it over a weekend and then I asked Vince, I said, you know, I don't want to do an album review show. Can I just do like whatever? And he's like, sure, whatever you want to do, man. You know, any kind of format, you do it. So yeah, I came up with the Mike Durban show and, and it's, it's, it's a variety show. I'll have uh, wrestlers on there, musicians, uh, porn stars, comedians, comic book artists, and just, a, I'll, I'll take whoever I can get on there, you know? And then after about, I think 28 or 29 episodes, I uh, decided to switch to Joe Feeney's creative control network. Well, actually, before I decided to go there, um, I left the brand first. Let's get that straight. I left the brand first. The main no controversy, right? Yeah, there was a big controversy <laughs> because somebody didn't want to listen to me when I was explaining it to them. I gave uh, Vince about ten different reasons. One of them stuck in his brain, and he and then from that moment on, that's the one that he focused on. He he came up with this idea in his mind that there was a feud between me and Jeff Lane, which couldn't be further from the truth. You know, mm -hmm. um, Jeff censored my show a few times. Uh, looking back on it, of course he was right to do it because he, he censored the one with uh, certain people that are the focus of get my go right now. We'll get to that later, but um, he was right to do that, but that wasn't the main reason. The main reason was on the brand. You can't use music, right? Like, yeah. Like, you know, actually you're not supposed to use them on any, any podcast, but uh, on the creative control network, anything goes. So we, we do what we want. So, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd be interviewing a musician or I'd be doing like a top five, you know, Aerosmith songs with somebody, but I couldn't add the music underneath. So it was, it was a real pain for me to do that. So, uh, I noticed on the creative control network, they didn't have that problem. So, uh, after about a month, I, I had one or two shows on YouTube after I left the brand. And then I just decided to, to go with Joe Feeney. So, and then that was that. Now, Russo, and I mentioned this to Joe too, Russo always calls him Mike Feeney. Is he combining you two or is he doing that for comedic purposes or what? Why is, why is it Mike Feeney? I think he, 
he called him Mike Feeney before I even went to Joe to the creative control network. I think it's just one of those things where, you know, in his brain, like Al Blum, he says Al Blum. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's instead of he's yep. instead of asking someone a question, yep. he asks them a question. Yep. You know, acts. Yep. Uh, it's just one of those things that it, I think it got stuck in his brain that the guy's name was Mike Feeney <laughs> because there was also a parody account called Mike Feeney. I don't know if that came after or before, but yeah, he, he, I don't know if he combined my name with Joe and or whatever happened, but for a while it was Mike Feeney. And that was, even when he'd go on keeping it 100, he'd call him Mike Feeney. And I could tell it wasn't for comedic purposes. Like that's what he actually thought. But somehow like last night we were on, uh, we were on Twitch with him. Me and Joe were on with Vince and he called him Joe every time. So I think nature Finally, is correct. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, so when you left Russo, you said there was a little bit of a controversy there, but there was no real heat with you and Russo, right? I mean, you guys are still, there was big heat. Yeah. So I told him, I, I talked to him on the phone and I told, I talked to him for a half hour. I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to leave the brand. I, you know, there's this many, I told him the, the 10 different reasons. And again, he, he fixated on the one reason that you know that i mentioned that jeff censored my show and to, to him that was it so then a month later it was it was four weeks and like one day went by and i announced that i was going to the creative control he when he found out about that i think he found out on conan's show hmm. he, like disco inferno told him so you know disco like he just needles people yep, yep. and he he made a joke about it and then Vince just went fucking crazy and he cut up like a 10 minute vicious promo on me and uh thank god Joe did not air it so it, it didn't air on the the show it it part of it went up on the Patreon but uh yeah Vin, uh Joe thankfully pulled it so yeah we, we he, so then I think you there made was up. Heat, well yeah there was heat for about maybe three weeks after that um well actually after the keep it 100 thing the next morning vince was on that that's life you know his religious program yep and he talked for a half hour about how there was someone that he gave the opportunity to and he wanted to mentor me and all this and he he built himself up as the big baby face and then you know and then i just turned on him and left and, and i'm like dude that you know that's not what happened you know so uh, and I knew when that episode went out, I was like, there is about 50% of the brand that's going to turn on me and, uh, they're, they're just going to be trolls. And sure enough, I was right. And that's what happened. So, but then I had the other 50% was like, you know, this, this guy is doing, he's, he's doing you wrong, you know, and they were very supportive. So it was always good and bad. Definitely. Now, just to backtrack to like you, you working with Russo doing that Starcast stuff. Were you actually like a big fan and like liked the or you literally were going to almost like people watch because a lot of those fans aren't really fans. They're like you know lovers and marks, and they they're almost overboard to a certain yeah. extent. Some of those fans. I would have gone anyway. Like I'm not into that. Um, it wasn't even AEW at that point. It was like you know Cody and the Bucks and those guys. It wasn't officially AEW, but. I went to all in also like I was just curious, you know, what is this new thing, you know, that's going to be here. And, and Starcast was, you know, they had a lot of the old guys there and that's what I'm into. I'm not into any new wrestling. I don't like any of it. I don't like any of the new wrestlers. Yep. I, I can't stand them. So, but you know, Conrad had all the old guys there too. So that's what draw, that's what drew me into it. So I went to the, I went to it as a fan, I, even if I wasn't going to do the video, I would have gone anyway, just to attend it and have fun. So, Did 
Do you but, find it though weird that like okay, all the old wrestlers are there, but the actual guys that cover wrestling are there too? Did you find that a little yeah. strange in your? Uh, your I wasn't there? I wasn't too familiar with them. The only thing I knew about those guys was was from Russo's show from Castor of the Marks. You know, I've heard all these guys on there, you know, for uh, for about a year at that point, and then I met them all. I met Meltzer. I met uh, Bruce Mitchell. Um, Brian Alvarez. Brian Alvarez, very nice guy. I have, I'll give him that credit. And yep. Wade Keller, the nicest guy, such yep. a nice guy. And, and I, yeah, Wade, uh, Wade let me interview him. I interviewed him for about ten minutes. Um, very, very kind person. I interviewed Ryan Satin, and he was a really nice guy. So it was kind of hard. I was there. I kind of went there to to try and like ambush them, but then, you know, they're really nice guys. So you know, it didn't turn out as I hoped, but. The fans, man, that was that was eye opening because I'd never I didn't really go to um, indie shows at all or I never went to a Ring of Honor show or anything like that. So I had never really been around that certain type of fan before. So that was very eye opening. And another guy, Mike Johnson, I know Russo has problems, but he's a nice guy, too. But um, I feel like all those guys maybe get a bad rap. But when you put them in the context of capturing the mark, it's hilarious because some of the stuff they say is just obviously, you know, outlandish. And I I like Alvarez. I think he's funny. He's nice. And he's like a charming guy. But some of the stuff he says, you're like, oh, my God, like, (laughs) you got to get roasted for some of that stuff. Yes. Yes. So when you put together. Like, let's just say the video, was that you with Melter in the tongue and, and that whole thing? Did you put that? Okay. So when you're putting that together, are you like doing it for comedic purposes or, or you're thinking like, okay, Russo's going to love this. I, I got to put it out there. Or you're like, oh, this is hilarious. I'm going to throw it out there. I was just, I knew in my mind, other than the um, documentary portion of it, I wanted to, to do like a highlight film for myself. Like, Whenever I go on a vacation or if I go somewhere or do anything cool, I always do like a highlight video if I bring my video camera. So I was going to do like just a, a highlight montage with, you know, a song with one song in the background. And I'm just filming random, you know, I go to different panels and I'd film a little bit here or there. And I just walked into the, to the, what I don't know what they called it, like the big four or whatever it was. It was Meltzer, Alvarez, Keller and Mitchell. And I'm just filming. I was pretty close to the stage and I'm filming and I'm looking at Meltzer and I'm seeing this tongue wag. You know, <laughs> I never really I'd never watched videos of the guy. I didn't know that that much about him. I've heard him, of course, but I've never really watched him. And I'm like, this guy is bizarre, man. So I, I was zooming in on him and I caught this. I have a few of them on, on uh, video, but there's one. It's become a gif or GIF since then. And it's the, it's the tongue, it's the laugh and then the tongue wag. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I tweeted that out at some point and uh, Bischoff retweeted it and it got like 60,000 views, like in a couple days, it was some insane number. So, and that was part of the documentary. So yeah, Russo loved that part. Hey, look at that. You got uh, you know, a little notoriety from that yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did you know of Russo? Like as far as his background, kind of before this, or you didn't know, like you know, as far as head writer WB wrote for the magazine stuff like that. I remember when the news broke that he left WWE and went to WCW. Um, I didn't know who he was before that, but I'm like, okay, so a writer's going over here, big deal. I didn't at that point. I had already dropped out of WCW. I was done with them, uh, only watching WWE. So I missed his first two months, or how how long was that first run? Was it two months? 
for Russo's almost three. I guess you could say three months, three, maybe. Three, yeah, yeah, it was short though. It was very short. Yeah. Yeah. So I missed that whole thing, and then um, when he came back with Bischoff, I went to that spring stampede. It was here at the United Center. Uh, I went to that, and I I really never watched any of the TV leading up to it. I think it was maybe a week after he came back that they did the spring stampede. And it, it just, I didn't like it. It was just a horrible pay-per-view. And me and my friends had a terrible time. And uh, I don't think I watched it ever again. So I really didn't see much of his WCW run. And then I never knew he was in TNA at all. Like I, I, I went to one TNA pay-per-view here. And um, it was like in 07. And I uh, didn't have any idea he was writing. Didn't really know anything about him. The first time I paid any attention to, to Vince Russo was he was on Stone Cold's podcast. And I was yep. like, this guy is funny. He seems like a really good guy, really cool guy. And uh, I think I subscribed to the, to the brand, and, and that was it. Big fan since then. It is interesting when you look at the Russo. It's like, okay, some people over here hate him, some people love him. But if you look at the love column, Steve Austin, The Rock, Mick Foley, Goldust, uh, Shawn Michaels likes him, uh, Bret Hart likes him. It's yeah. like the top tier echelon guys like him and then the guys who kind of complain of, of him and maybe don't like him they're not quite at that level so i always say well if steve austin likes him uh maybe Ho- okay maybe hogan doesn't like him or whatever happened with hogan that's kind of a separate issue but steve austin the rock like you i don't know and jericho it's like i don't know he he get, must have did something right and, and undertaker and kane like him so it's like man he must have did something right yeah it's very strange it's a strange world out there, the wrestling world. It's one of those things where if you're good at it in wrestling, you get like ripped for it. Have you have you noticed that? Like, it's the weirdest thing. If you're good at basketball, nobody goes, "Oh, Michael Jordan, he sucks," or, or like, uh, you know, "Oh, LeBron James sucks." Like, no, you maybe you maybe got some haters, but you're not going to say the guy sucks. Yeah. Russo, who had a successful WWE run and probably one of the most successful writers in wrestling, oh, he he sucks, or whatever, and they don't like him. It's a weird world wrestling. Yeah, very strange. And that's part of why I can't really get into it these days is uh, it's the fans. I just can't be around them. I, I try, you know, before COVID, I would try a couple times a year to go to shows. Like I went to an Impact pay-per-view here. Uh, I didn't, I've never watched Impact on TV, but I just went to it just to, to, I try to dip my toe in the water. I try to involve, get myself involved in it and watch it and be a fan, but I just can't. Every time I try, I just can't do it, man. And a lot of the reasons the fans, I can't stand being around them. Do you like their chance? You know, their that's fight the forever that, and stuff like that. And yeah, that's what I always mention. I, I mentioned the chanting and I hate it. I hate chanting. It drives me nuts. I like cheering. I like old fashioned cheering and booing, you know? Yeah, me and my buddy used to go to a lot of shows and stuff, and we're all like, wow, the fans are like kind of half paying attention, but like trying to get themselves over. Yes. So it's like a weird dynamic where it's like, okay, they're kind of popping for like weird stuff in the match, but then almost trying to make a joke out of it and trying to get their material over. I was like, I don't know if I particularly like this because it's supposed to be about the guys in the ring and not about the fan. It's a weird uh, dichotomy yeah. for sure. And it's not just the chants that you hear on TV. It's it's the chants that don't make it. It's the chance that, you know, one or two guys will start and then maybe 10 in the whole section will pick it up and it just dies out. Those are the ones that make me even more mad. I'm like, dude, why are you trying to, to yeah, get yourself over? Like you said, it, that's all it's for. You know, it's not adding to the show at all. It's, 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 uh, 
Hmm. Bad comedy. Hate, yeah, it's I mean, you. You guys aren't funny. You know, just stop. And do you find wrestling harder to watch nowadays because there's no fans at all? Like the like the reaction that you could tell it's a canned noise. So you're not even getting a real reaction. You're getting screens with a canned fake noise on the outside. Yeah, like um, I watched WrestleMania. That was the first show I saw with no crowd. Like I didn't watch any of the Raws or SmackDowns leading up to it. I had to watch WrestleMania, and I was like, "This is awful. I I can't. I don't know if I can watch the second day. It's so bad." And um, I would just zone out. It's so bad. That's before they added the crowd noise. And then um, I would watch. I watch the pay per views every month. I try and you know just keep a little current with that, but. Yeah, they added the 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 screens with the people in it, and I just can't get into it, man. It's it's no good for me. Yeah, the only thing good about WrestleMania was that Undertaker AJ thing, but it was yeah. obviously cinematic. It was edited. They put music in. They put different stuff to it. Made it really really cool. But everything else was the shit. Oh man, it was yeah. bad. I like the John Cena uh, Fiend thing too. The Funhouse. Yeah, thing. I wouldn't even consider it a match. But at least they were trying something with the, with those guys and editing stuff together, and you know, making yeah. it a little bit fun. Oh, the other night I watched, um, I heard, I think Disco Inferno mentioned that the, uh, it was a really good women's match on NXT. I think it was Amber, Ember Moon and um, Candice LeRae. And if Disco Inferno puts a women's match over, you know it's got to be good because he, yep. he normally shits on them. So I checked that out and, uh, you know, they have a little bit of the crowd around that for the first, you know, row of people around there. And then there's a lot of screens that I could, that was a little easier to watch for me. But I don't know, man. I just, I can't wait till uh, full crowds come back. Yeah, hopefully Royal Rumble or something, because I can't imagine having the Royal Rumble and the guy comes out and it's like, like fake can noise would be terrible. Yeah. That, especially with surprises and stuff, you need like a real reaction from people. Yeah, yeah. So as far as kind of you and kind of moving along, like, all right, so you get into the podcasting world. How did you kind of become more proficient at editing? Did you go to school for editing? Do you? I know you said you do it for fun and stuff. Like, how do you kind of get good at it? Because you've gotten really good at it. Thank you. Yeah, um, I've been editing videos since I think two thousand three. Um, I always had a video camera, even when I was a little kid and a teenager. I always had my own video camera, um, and I would always film, you know, stuff with friends or whatever vacations. Uh, but I wasn't ever able to edit it until I got a MacBook. I got a MacBook Pro in 2003, uh, and that just opened up a whole new world to me. You know, I could finally edit all these videos that I had shot, and um, I would make music videos and just like jackass style stuff with my friends. I mean, just anything. I just I loved editing videos back then, and still do. So that was what 17 years ago. Yeah, never went to school for it. Uh, everything it was all it was all self taught. I learned it all myself. So pretty impressive, uh, self taught. Yeah, so you never did you ever want to like go to school for it? Because it seems like it's kind of been a passion of yours. It's just, I guess, kind of just doing it, I guess, really kind of makes makes you good at it. If I could go back in time to you know a 23 year old Mike and I would tell him, go to Columbia University here in Chicago or wherever, Art Institute, go get, learn how to really do it. And, um, yeah, then I would have been I would be involved in that world right now. Hey, but look at now you're editing and uh, you're, you're doing great without it. Really? You yeah. think about it. Yeah. And you know what, if I was doing it for a job, I think I would learn to hate it. Like my uncle is a professional photographer. He's 
done that all his life for 50 years. He has gotten to the point where he hates the sight of a camera. You know, he, hmm. he just hates it because he's done it for so long. So I don't ever want to get to that point where I would hate, you know, making my own videos and stuff. So it's for me, it's a hobby. It's uh, it's a passion. And, and that's it. I, I have made money off it. I've made uh, a good amount of money off, um, you know, side work, video work. I'm also a photographer. I've made some good money off that, too. So but I, I never did it full time. So after Starcast, have you? I think did you go on the Jericho cruise and film something the, there yeah. too? Okay, so that was so, like two months after that. It was um, well, I had the plan to do like another video on the on the level of the Starcast one, but I got on. You know, I'm on the ship, and um, I the first day I'd walk around with my video camera. I had my professional microphones, and and I was all ready to to do it. And I'm like. You know, I was by myself and that it's really hard to do. Like, you know, Starcast, I had a friend with me. I had a hand bones with me uh, half the time. And then I had another friend, the other half. And if you can have somebody film you, it's a lot easier. But um, I'm walking around the cruise ship and, and it's just I couldn't. I just didn't want to do it. You know, I wanted to enjoy myself and, and have a good time and didn't want to spend the whole time, you know, carrying this stuff around with me, walking up and down the ship. So yeah, I just I put the camera away and and I would film. Um, I what I did was I filmed like for the the music montage video that I made, and that you can check that that out. It's uh, YouTube.com/slash Mike. Yeah, YouTube.com/slash Mike Durband. Um, scroll down and then you'll see it. it. That turned out really good. It's like an eight minute video. There's two Fozzy songs. Um, it's it really captures what what. I did on the cruise and it's just, it was a, it was a lot of fun, man. That I do not regret going to. I had a really good time on that. Are you more of a Fozzy guy or more of a wrestling guy as far as like the cruise? Okay. So the cruise, like what did they have on that first one? It wasn't AEW. So I think it was technically it was ring of honor. I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it was the Bucks. It was, they had like a, a ring of honor tournament and 90% of these guys, I had no idea who they were. Like I didn't really know who the Briscoes were. This this guy Cheeseburger, they had a lot of just, just these names I didn't recognize. And and you know what? A lot of them were these little guys. Like I'd I'd bump into them in the on the cruise, and I'd be like, dude, you're smaller than me. You're I'm five seven. I'm not a big guy. And these guys are all like my size. I'm looking them eye to eye. I'm like, how are you a wrestler, man? You know. So yeah, I I I watched a couple matches on the ship, and uh, I could not get into it. The only match I enjoyed, I and I watched the whole thing was the, it was the Bucks and Jericho versus um, Cody, uh, Kenny Omega, and um, maybe Hangman Page. That's I think that's what it was, and that was a good match. So that's the only wrestling match I enjoyed. You enjoyed Fozzie though, right? I did enjoy Fozzie. I was never a fan of theirs before that. I, uh, I never got into their music, but they put on a really, really good. It's a great live show. I'll say it's a really great live show. Uh, and I saw them. They played every night pretty much. So, yeah, I saw three shows of theirs. And the second night was all cover songs. So that was that was really cool, too. But, uh, yeah, Jericho's a, a great front man. Now, as far as kind of like the Mike Durbin show, you said you have all these different guys on, um, porn stars, wrestlers, musicians, but your background is more musical, right? You were you're yeah. a musician at heart? Yep. That's another thing. Um, yeah, that I, I played guitar since like eighth grade, so a long time. Uh, I, 
I spent pretty much the entire 2000s in a band, probably 2000 to 2012. I've, I've been in various bands the whole time. So I had like a nice 12 year run. Um, a lot of fun. That's the most fun I've ever had in my life was being in a band. You know, just, just everything that comes with that is, is it's the best. I, I would tell any young kid, man, learn how to play an instrument and uh, you'll be set. You'll have a lot of fun. So yeah, never, never did it professionally. I made, made some money off that again too, but uh, not never full-time professionally. Is it something you want to do full-time professionally become a musician? Yeah. Well, in 2012, uh, I moved to California not to be in a band. I, I might've been the only person that didn't move to California to be in a band. I, <laughs> you know, so I go there, I was there for three years. I come back here and in those three years time, like every bandmate I ever had, had either gotten married and had kids or stopped playing. So I come back and uh, only one one drummer friend that I had he he was still playing so I, I joined up with him for a little bit. Uh, we had like a little little cover band, but that was it, man. That's the that was that was uh, 2015, I think. And haven't really played with the band since then, so that's that's been killing me. Because you're too trapped. You're you're trapped in this podcast world now. That's why. Yeah. Well, you know what? I've been during this COVID. Uh, I've made a promise to myself when this is all over with, I am going to join another band, you know, even though I'm, I'm 42 now, but uh, you know, there's, a, there's guys that are older than me that are still playing. So yeah, I got to get back in that world. Now, what kind of like music, hard rock, a little bit of heavy metal? Um, the first band I was in, it was like a, like a kind of like a grunge, like a late nineties grunge band. Um, yeah, I've been in uh, like a '70s glam rock band. Uh, the the most recent band I was in, in from 2010 to 12, was uh, like a that was modern rock. That was really at that time anyway. It was, um, yeah, a lot of variety. Yeah. Now, I recently heard, and and definitely going to get into this. Recently heard you created a great theme song with the uh, Phil Rudd. I was shocked. Wait, wait, Phil Rudd, ACDC. Yeah. Are you I see the guy? I see the ACDC poster behind you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. This way. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, you a big ACDC guy, or are you just like Phil on the drums? Well, um, let's see. How did that come up? I was listening to. to I heard TNT like uh, maybe a couple months ago. TNT, and I'm thinking. Yep. Get my go, which you know we'll talk about that. Get my yep. go is is yep. the YouTube show that I've been a part of for three or four months now. I was I wanted to make a parody song or a theme song. I wanted to make like a, a theme song for the show, and um, it couldn't be. I couldn't use just the regular TNT cover song because that'll get flagged on YouTube, and every episode will be flagged, and you know eventually if we get monetized, that'll be that'll be over with. So I had to find a way to keep that same vibe that from TNT I wanted that same vibe but I'd have to rework it somehow so I got on YouTube there's the the original drum the drum track from Phil Rudd for TNT so I got the drum track brought that into GarageBand and I re-recorded everything else on top of that and I changed the the melodies and the notes and the riff a little bit I tweaked it all just enough so it's not a copy so uh yeah the song is called gmg and it's it's pretty much tnt but um musically it's 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 just different enough and then what i did was i've been collecting the uh johnny podcasting that's the guy who we parody on get my go 
and review. We review his shows. I've been collecting the sound clips of his. You know, we've reviewed 25 of his shows already, or more probably actually. And I've just collected all these sound clips, and I, you know, strategically placed them in the song, and uh, people love it. So yeah, the minute it dropped, it, it, everybody just loved this song. So is it hard to do? Because to me, it, it would be like, wait, you got to you know cut out the jump tracks, put this and put that, and how like how long does that take to do? And is that a hard thing to do? Because it seems to me you know, pretty damn difficult. Yeah, it wasn't easy. Like I'm not, you know, I've been in, in a lot of bands. I've recorded at least one album with every band I've been in. So I have a lot of time in the studio over the years, but I have never done it myself. I've just gone in and played my bass parts or whatever, or the piano, whatever I did for that track, but I've never had to record it myself and, and, uh, you know, edit it myself. So that was a learning experience for me. So I'm glad I did it. And I'm going to do it a lot more in the future. So. Uh, so, what I, I take the, the whole I have the the drum track. It's one long file. It's like a four minute file. I drop that into GarageBand and then I'll add, I think I added like the first guitar. You know, I play that whole thing through and then just add on. There, I just add layers and layers of guitars on there. And then at, when I'm done with that, I'll put a bass track in there. And then I did some background vocals on it. And then when that's all finished, then I bring that into another program and then I put the sound clips in there. And that took a long time. Wow. So if you're not musically inclined, I mean, you're probably not going to be able to get this done. Yeah. Not, and not the way I did it. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Now, since we're talking about it, I got to ask you about it. Of course, talking about get my go, which is a big popular show. It's you, Uzi, Mike, AKA Joe Feeney. Um, You know, obviously, you know, Jeff Lane's been on there a few times. So, this show, and I, and I got to ask you this, and I asked Joe Feeney about it. He gave me a great explanation. But this show, which is about John Wanglin and his show, just yeah. are you, and I'm just keep in my head, I'm thinking about this. Aren't you going to make him more popular by keep bringing him up and keep, is, is that a theory or, or maybe I'm crazy or is that a fear? That's what Vince said to us last night. He told me and Joe that on his Twitch. He's like, you know, you're giving the guy the rub kind of. You're good, Free publicity, you know? yeah. Yeah, you're, you're making him known to people who wouldn't ordinarily. He's like, nobody will know who this guy is, but you guys are making him a name. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. His shows are so terrible. Everything that he does is so bad that there may be 0.001% of people that check out his show because they heard it on ours that will actually enjoy it and be like, okay, I'll subscribe to him. I like his stuff. I'm going to listen to it. His show is, is, is it's those shits. It's awful. Every show that he's, he's done like 400 shows. If you look on his feed, oh my God. they're, they're awful. They're the worst podcasts ever. And the thing I'm not saying I'm great. I'm not saying I'm good. You will never find anything on my shows or anything that I've ever done where I praise my own podcasting ability or hosting ability. I've never said anything positive about myself as a host, as a speaker, as a, a podcaster. But I'm telling you that this guy is the bottom of the barrel. He is the fucking worst of all time. So um, there's nobody that's going to listen to his stuff and, and be interested in it. It's not possible. So I'm not, so we're not worried about that at all. And, you know, if 10 or 15 people hear our show and they go check his stuff out. It's not enough where it's going to get him sponsors or anything like that. It's not going to bring him to that next level. So no, we're not worried about that at all. So how do you kind of like know him and where does this kind of start from? And where does like the genesis of all this begin? We were all friendly at first. Um, he was, I think he was on Joe's network. That's how I, 
he was on his own first and then he went to Joe's network. He saw Joe's business model. He saw Joe was a success and he probably thought, Oh, I can do that. You know? So he broke off from Joe and started his own thing using Joe's exact business model and then copying some stuff from Russo too. Like, you know, you know how Russo is the inspirational program. Mm -hmm. Russo had a show with his son for a while. So John had a show with his dad and he just copied like everything that, that Vince had. Uh, with Joe's business model, he even charged people the same amount that Joe charged back then, you know, for for hosting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so at some point, I think Husey and John might have started just like a friendly bickering back and forth. And um, that's that's what it seemed like. It was just a friendly game back and forth jabs. And, and at one point um, last November, John took it to a, a whole new level where he got a hold of a, a, a four-hour Skype call that, you know, Husey did a watch-along of the movie Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Husey and Joe did it. And they would call. They called everybody in Husey's uh, address book. Uh, I was on it for a few minutes. Everybody was on there. So they called John, and for some reason, he thought they were pranking him or whatever. So I don't know if you know on Skype, if you're if you're on the call even for 10 seconds, you have access to download the whole file when, it's, when the call is over with. So John had the entire three or four hour conversation between Joe and Husey. He went through it minute by minute and he found out parts where they quoted lines from the movie. You know, if you've seen Die Hard 1, there's a character in there where he uh, makes offensive jokes to, um, you know, uh, so look who's calling me. Christopher Martin. Get out of here. Oh, my God. Whoa, that's weird. (laughs) Decline, Brother Martin. I'm talking to your hero, John Paz. <laughs> Sorry, Brother Martin, not tonight. Uh, <laughs> you you can leave that in, too. Um, so, yeah, there's a character in there that says, like, some anti-Muslim lines, or you know. Uh, so they would, John and his, he had somebody helping him. They cut out everything that, that Husey and Joe said. They put it into, like, a minute-long hit piece and they tweeted it out to Conrad Thompson, who Joe worked for at the time. Joe used to edit all four of Conrad's shows. He tagged Conan. He tagged Disco. He tagged all the sponsors that Creative Control Network was affiliated with back then. And he just tried to make it seem like Joe and Husey were, uh, you know, two racist guys, you know. Uh, it was poorly done when I saw it. I was like, this is real amateurish, but, um, you know, this may cause some, some trouble. So. Uh, at that trying point, to steal Joe's business? Like, what? Why did he? No, he's just trying to cause, just trying to cause harm to Joe wow. and to the to using creative control. So, uh, at that point, I knew this was not a game anymore. This this had uh, you know gone to a whole nother level. So, um, yeah, it, it went from a game to to real pretty quickly. So I don't know at what point we started the show. It was a, a while after that, but um, yeah, things got more intense after that. And um, at some point, uh, John, two of John's hosts on his network left because they figured out what you know that this guy had been buying downloads and just uh, everything behind him is just it's he's the he's the man behind the curtain. He's the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. He's all fake. So, I mean, buying downloads, uh, using click farms, you know, he, he, he had a YouTube channel that where they talked about wrestling figures and we saw over one afternoon, he went from like 50 subs to, to 2,500 
in an afternoon. And then it went back down to 2000. And we just saw that all the, everything was just wonky. All the numbers were, you know, outrageous and we knew it just wasn't possible. So we started to, you know, criticize them about that. And, um, yeah, it just got more and more. And, um, two of his guys left. They saw what was going on. They left. They wanted to do a show. They asked Joe, can we come on one of your shows and tell our story? So I, I said, you can come on my show and we'll do it. So we had these two guys, Rad Rob and another guy that. Has, oh, I know Rob. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You know, yep. Rob. And there's another guy that has since disappeared. Um, but they came on my show and it was, I think Husey and Joe were on too. And, uh, we had a big round table and they told the whole story. So, um, that came out on my feed. It was audio only. Uh, and the next thing you know, John is contacting Spreaker saying that, you know, whatever. And uh, the episode got pulled. Spreaker pulled the episode. And um, I think within a few hours, Joe had explained to him, no, this is this is from this guy. He's a liar and everything. So they put the episode back up. And I think we did one more audio episode and then he might have tried it again. I, I forget the exact order of things, but at that point, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't want this to hurt creative control. Uh, let's just put it on YouTube and, you know, whatever happens, happens. And it became a video show uh, right away. It was just, you know, hundreds of people were watching it, you know. And then I think it wasn't until the fifth or sixth episode where I came up with the name Get My Go. It was from something he said. You know, we're going through all his old clips, and uh, I heard him say, get my go. He said it a few times. I'm like, that's not right. It's get my goat. Yes, you know? yeah. Everybody knows that but him. You know, and this is a guy that brags about having multiple college degrees, and he's three credits away from a doctorate, and, and you know, but he can't speak. He can't complete a sentence without, you know, fucking something up. So it just, that's that's one of the reasons we parried him. If he didn't boast so much and, and make up shit, we we wouldn't uh tr we wouldn't bother roasting him you know but because he goes so overboard praising himself and lying and 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 you know the boasting that's why we ha we feel that we have to shut him down do you think you're going to run out of material because it seems like you would francine said that on her show to um <clears throat> to chad and chad's like nope there are hundreds of shows that this guy's recorded, so they will never run out of stuff. Plus, he's still putting out shows now, foolishly. So, so you, so basically, you have access to all the all the shows. Then we, I mean, yeah. If you look on his feed right now, there's like probably for around 400 shows that he's done over the past two years that we can. Oh, you mentioned that. Yeah, he's done 400. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Any oh, so one, he, any okay. one of those is is ripe for for picking for the pickings. You know. And so then he's technically have 400 more episodes. <laughs> yeah. And he's like last week he put out like three survivor series watch alongs. And it's like, I'm, I'm listening. I tried to listen to him, you know, to see if we can do them on the show. They were so bad that I could just tell they wouldn't even be good to, to rip because they were so awful. I mean, he's the only person that's done 400 of something. And instead of getting better, he's gotten progressively worse. So, is such an interesting concept. Just to me, I'm just like, wait, what are these guys doing? What like what what the hell's getting my go? It's like wow. But I mean, the, the concept, I guess, is there and, and kind of ripe for the picking. But yeah. what is your kind of background with with him specifically? Like, you know him as long as Joe's known him, and like kind of had the same path with him. 
he invited me to be on his show. I didn't know who he was. Uh, I, I heard him on Jeff Lane's show. Or no, no, Jeff Lane was on his show way back, you know, two or three years ago. And that's the first time I heard of the guy. And I'm like, okay, you know, it was a good show. Jeff, because Jeff didn't do that many appearances. So we didn't know much about him. And I was like, okay, I, I think I might have tweeted out, hey, this is a great interview. You know, all the brand members should listen to this. And then I think he might have contacted me, John. And he said, hey, thanks for the for the nice words and everything. And then he, I think he invited me to come on his show. So the following week I was on his show. And yeah, I was I was friendly with them um, for about a year. I always thought the guy was a bit strange, you know, something off about the guy. But um, it wasn't until until they made that the so called racist video. That's when I really knew this is not a good guy, you know. So is he kind of not like a you hate him or anything, but kind of an enemy of the people right now? I mean, are you you're going after him? for i don't know like to get your anger out or are you going after him for comedy or is it a mix of everything me i think we all have our own reasons for for doing the show me and joe and Husey uh probably have three different reasons me it's for comedy he never did anything to hurt my business you know i wasn't i'm you know i'm not creative control that's joe uh when he sent that video out, that's, that is gonna, that was put out to hurt Joe and his business and his income. That's Joe's main job, you know? Um, so for me, it's, it's, it's more the comedy aspect that I'm after, you know? And I like to, I like to edit video shows. Like that's what I really want to do. Like I've kind of stopped doing my own show, uh, over the past few months. Cause I just love doing this so much more. I love the, the camaraderie of it. I love, you know, Saturday morning, it's it's me and Joe and whoever else is, is on that week. You know, if it's Jeff Lane, if it's Chad, um, Ben Hameen, um, you know, we just we love we love doing it. And we, you know, in my mind, I want to move on to different topics. Like I want to we want, you know, this guy, J.D. from New York. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Are you a fan of his or how, how do you feel? Uh, not particularly. I mean, he's, he's okay, I guess. I, I'm not too familiar, but of what I've heard of him, it's just not my style. I don't like that, you know, like saying, you know, he's fucking Alexa Bliss. And yeah. Like that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, it's not really my style. It's just a, so negative and, I don't know, trying to be controversial. Like, I guess uh, wannabe shock jock is kind of how you could describe it. Yeah, I mean, he. I can't take away the success the guy has. He's got you know, yeah, he's many, doing good. Yeah. many, many thousands of, of subscribers. So. People love that negativity. Yeah. yeah, good for him on that. But um, I thought, you know, that's a guy that I don't like. I haven't heard much of him at all, but I heard I heard the Alexa Bliss stuff. I heard the shit that he said about Conan and Disco. So right there, when you offend those people, when you offend or when you uh, criticize Disco and, and Conan, two people that I really look up to, uh, and for the wrong reasons, you know, like that makes me want to target you. So I want to move on to people like that. Um, you know, Disco Inferno is always telling us that we should do like the Alyssa Milano podcast and, you know, criticize some, some, you know, real liberal stuff. Yeah. And I, I'd love to do that too. But the thing is, John won't fucking stop putting episodes out. <laughs> I'm like, dude, please fucking give it a rest. Just, just die. Just go somewhere and stop. And, um, but he keeps putting episodes out. So I don't know when we'll ever fully be able to shift over and do other stuff, but I think it's coming soon. You know, Husey, if you, if people have noticed that Husey's not been on get my go the past two or three episodes, he's probably burned out on it. Cause it's, it's very <laughs> hard to listen to this guy 
and his uh, his network of shows. Like, and he's got these new guys on there. John does. He's got these new like he's really into young men and like he's he had like a teenage boy on there. Yeah, very strange stuff. Um, I don't know where he finds these people, but he's bringing these people on and and making them the new co-hosts. You know, and it's it's just people that shouldn't be behind a microphone. But uh, so, you know, we're eventually going to I don't think we've done any of those episodes yet, but we, we sure will. Now, you mentioned it's kind of taking time away from the Mike Durbin show. I know yeah. Joe was saying he's so busy doing this stuff. Like, do you think it's consuming you guys too much now, right now? I mean, it's almost like you're so focused on this guy. Well, I have I have a full time job. And so I only have a certain number of hours per week that I can do, you know, other stuff like video and and uh, audio stuff so um the, the the few hours that i have yeah it's going towards get my go it's it's recording it and then you know editing it for the rest of the week so yeah i i do enjoy it though like i you know doing my show is cool but it's it's me with whatever guest i have that week um and i i like interviewing people but i really enjoy being behind the scenes more so yeah, it's a, it's a real effort for me to interview people and to to do like I hate doing the intros for my show, you know, with just me in the microphone and I have to mm-hmm. do like if I have to do an ad read or things like that, I hate it. Like that to me is torturous, you know, just me by myself. I fucking hate it. I love being with Joe and uh, Husey and Hambone or whoever else is on with us. That is that's fun for me. When you think about like get my go and just just pretend it's not about uh, John or whatever. If you just think about it, do you think just looking at it kind of back and just like, wow, this is a weird idea, but somehow it's working. Is that kind of like how you would describe it? Yeah, it is working. It's definitely working. I mean, every week when we put a show out, it does, you know, it either does the same amount of numbers or, or more. Um, it's definitely getting bigger slowly. And that's what we want. We want a natural build of, of our audience. We don't want to buy downloads like, like Mr. Uh, Mr. Podcasting has done. We're not into that. We want to build it naturally and that's the way it's going. And, you know, we can see people like it. We look at the comments under our YouTube uh, videos. There's 50 to hundred comments underneath each one. Whereas if you go look at, at the, uh, the fig life channel that they had where they bought all the, click farm downloads and views there would be no comments or one or two you know and they were probably them probably you know it's probably john or his wife or somebody doing it so yeah it's just i don't know to me it's just an interesting idea and yeah. it's funny and you guys been able to you know you've been able to do well with it despite conan not liking it disco doesn't like it russo doesn't like it. but <laughs> they the keep mentioning is- it though so you're happy with them mentioning it well that's the thing and i and i know you know it too because you've worked with you know pretty much everybody in the wrestling business by this point i saw your youtube channel i mean you've got there's nobody you don't have on there so you've spent a lot of time with these people you know when they're if they don't like you or they don't want to put you over you won't get mentioned. They won't mention it, you know, but when they criticize us, when Conan rips or Conan and disco rip us on the show, that's promoting us. And, and they do it every week. So thank you guys. Thank you, Glenn. And thank you, Conan. Uh, thank you, Vince. I know Vince doesn't like it, but he's for some reason, he still mentions it every week. So yeah. Yeah. Looking back on it from a distance, if I, if I were to step back and look at it, it's very odd, you know, to do 25 episodes about one guy and his, you know, his little, his little team of uh, people. 
I tried to explain it to a couple friends that don't have any idea who this is. And they're just mystified. Like, <laughs> I don't get it, you know, but I've sent them, you know, the little teaser clips, you know, the two minute clip for the, for the episode. I've sent some people that, and they're just like, ah, okay. I get it now. As far as, um, I guess, Rad Rob, he got the footage, but remember you saying before about how on Skype, the, the conversation is just there and it's recording. Yeah. And you see all this stuff popping up, him making fun of Christopher, him making fun of this person, him making fun of his dad and like all this other, you know, random stuff. Is that all just from that kind of behind the scenes footage that he doesn't think is being recorded? I, I guess Rob saved everything, you know, like okay. when they, they would do shows back then, you know, they did their two or three times weekly. They did the review shows and I guess Rob just saved everything for some reason. And he would, you know, he was looking for stuff to, to submit to us. And he came up, he came across some gems, man. He came across that one video where John was ripping on Chris Martin, who, you know, I, I spoke to John privately about a year ago and he was saying the same stuff about Chris Martin. He, he couldn't stand him. He was, he was a charity case and he didn't want him on there anymore. And, you know, He's trying to think of a way to get rid of him. And then John saying the same stuff to Rob on the video. We put the video in the show, but you know, Mr. Martin denies it and he just doesn't want to believe it. So yeah. So I was just curious. He's just so thick headed. You can't, you know, the proof's right here for you, my, my man. It's right here. The guy's saying it. It's not like it's a doctored piece of audio. You can see the man saying it, and uh, he's just saying these awful things about you. But you, you know, in his eyes, you can do no wrong. I'm just curious how the hell he got all that footage, but I guess, I guess you're right. He just saved it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was like, oh my god, he said that on the air, and then I was like, no, it's not on the air. I was like, oh my god, like he's, he's kind of, you know, relentless to ripping apart some people. So I was like, wow, I guess this guy does not give a shit, or he doesn't know it's being recorded. So I guess yeah. he didn't really know. Yeah. So. Do you think? that you'll ever kind of get over this? Like you said, move on to Alyssa Milano or, or it's going to take some time and he's going to have to start putting out less content. Let's say, let's say COVID is over tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say magically COVID's ending tomorrow. You know, maybe it's the springtime, you know, the weather's getting nice. I highly, highly doubt that, you know, me, Joe and whoever else is going, going to want to spend that much time on this anymore. You know, this is just a perfect storm. You know, if everybody's in the house, nobody can really do anything. You know, Ireland, there's a total lockdown. These people haven't been able to go outside their house for eight months. So, I mean, it's just we have a lot of free time right now. So, you know, in a few months, we probably won't have a lot of, you know, we want to be out doing stuff. So we may go to one show a month. Who knows? You know, but I, I doubt it'll be at this level. And how did you and UC get connected? I guess it was through Joe and through Creative Control because he's got the show on there. I, the first time I ever heard Husey was on John's show. Husey was a guest on John's show way back. Wow. Two, okay. Two years ago. Wow. And I'm like, I'm like, this guy is funny, man. You know, I can't understand a word he's saying. You know, half the, <laughs> half the time. Uh, yeah. Now I can. Now I understand completely. But you know, at first I, I couldn't understand a lot of what he said. You know, because because that accent, but. Um, he's hilarious. He's a very funny guy. Uh, very, the thing about him is he's so quick, you know, like he, he'll hear something and then he'll right away. He's got a, a reply for it. So, um, some people have called him a genius. I think Jeff Lane called him a genius and, uh, <laughs> he's right. I mean, the guy, the guy is, he's on another level, you know? 
comedic genius with comedic timing. Comedic, yeah, definitely. So. As far as kind of uh, Joe Feeney and creative control and kind of getting back to things, do you want to do more? Like, do you want to do more wrestling? Do you want to like? Do you want to expand your brand? Like, what are you thinking about for yourself? Do I want to do more wrestling? Um, I don't want to be one of those negative people like JD from New York. Negative. John Wanglin, when he does his wrestling stuff, negative. All he does is shit on WWE. I don't want to be like that. And if I was just doing straight wrestling shows, that's how it would be. I can't. I'm not into it at all. You know, I could go and you know revisit some classic stuff, but I'm not. I don't really have too much to say about it. I mean, I like, I love old wrestling. Just before we came on here tonight, I was watching uh, a Nitro from January of '98. Nice. Do I want to go do an entire show about that? No. Could I? No. I'm not. I'm. That's not my my skill. You know, I'm not really skilled at talking about something like that. I would, I would love to produce a show like that. You know, are you a big WCW fan? Back then, yeah. Oh yeah. That was your favorite, or more yeah. of an old school WWF guy? I'm, a, I'm like an '85 to '90 WWF, uh, and then '97 to probably 2002. Uh, everything. That 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 era, I was into everything. So, um, and then over the years since then, on and off, like you know, when when CM Punk had his run, I was into that. I was going to every show at that point. Um, and then when he left, that's kind of when I lost interest. So, damn, that was a tough departure. He just literally up and quit and walked away. But uh, yeah, he did have a good run there for a little bit. It was kind of surprising. He didn't think he'd get the ball and and run with it. But you know, he had the title for 434 days and everything else. Yeah. Had a pretty nice little run. Yeah, it was awesome. As far as kind of favorite wrestlers of all time, do you have some? Uh, yeah. Um, when I was a kid, it was uh, Brutus Beefcake. Have you had him on? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I've actually worked with him uh, a few times for autograph signings. He is a crazy bastard. He is, man. And uh, <laughs> dude, he but was... in a fun way. In a fun way. Yeah. I mean, I loved Hogan. Everybody loved Hogan when we were kids. But um, Brutus was was my guy. Uh, the Warrior. Uh, who else? I liked the Rockers back then. Um, a lot of faces. I wasn't really into heels back then. Um, let me think. Who else? I like Bret Hart. Even when he was in the, just in the tag team, I was I was a Bret Hart fan. Um, Jake the Snake, of course. And then Attitude Era. It was at first. It was you know Hogan, the Hollywood Hogan. It was the whole the NWO. Like I love the NWO. You know. Uh, and then I didn't start watching WWF until WrestleMania 15. We were wow. all, me and yeah, me and my friends were like diehard WCW, and then one of my friends, um, his girlfriend was into WWF, so we got WrestleMania 15. We all watched it, and I was like, "This is fucking good stuff." So we we started watching both, and then <clears throat> I think you know right after the finger poke of doom is when we kind of stopped watching WCW, like slowly after that. I think maybe mm -hmm. that by that summer of '99, we phased out of that, and it was just wwf at that point if you watch very closely wrestlemania 15 when the rock and steve austin are brawling in the crowd 
he does fall on me and my brother, The Rock. No he gets way. To, yes, yes. You have to get very close, though. I actually have a, on a Hawaiian shirt. I believe I have an Austin shirt on and a Hawaiian shirt on over it. And you can actually see they fall right on us. And I'm patting them both on the back and stuff. We were basically first row. Back then, it only cost $400 for first row. And I got to keep the chair, which I still have, which is awesome. Uh, but that's one of the things. I used to pause the tape. You could see me kind of eh, my brother. And they fall right on us, uh, right as they fall into the crowd. I was like, oh, man. Now, so WrestleMania 15 was fun. If that was in high definition, you would really be able to see yourself. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Now, um, I went to, I think it was No Mercy 07 here at the Allstate Arena. And um, you can see me and my girlfriend at the time, we we're in the second row. So you can see us on there a bunch of times. Now, the problem, not as often as it would have been if it was HD and widescreen, you know, the, it, it, yep. it widened out. Back then, it was only four by three aspect ratio. So, we're like on the edge. So a lot of times we're not quite visible, but if it was HD, we would have been on the entire show. Uh, there's a, a lot of parts during the Beth Phoenix, uh, Candace match. I think that's who it was. Um, whenever they go up in the corner, like we're on there, you can totally see us on there. So no mercy. Oh, seven. That was the, uh, was the, the Punjabi prison match. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Batista <laughs> and Kali. So we were on that one too. So Yeah probably hard to see the ring during that match because i remember on, on pay-per-view it was like impossible yeah Holy even shit. second row second row is pretty tough to see it too so it's yeah. a weird match didn't when, know, was didn't that re- was that was that wrestlemania in philly yes 15 yep. okay yep is that where you're from i'm actually from new jersey but Philly's probably like an hour from me it's not really far at all now i'm in asbury park new jersey the home of bam oh, bam bigelow yeah. that's yeah. right yeah and bruce springsteen right Yes, everyone always says Bruce, and I always correct. I says, "Come on, Bam Bam, Bam Bigelow Bam. first. Yeah. You gotta say Bam Bam first. But yeah, Philly. We used to go to all the Philly shows because it's only like an hour drive, so it's not really, and it's not bad. It's a nice smooth drive. So we went to a house show uh, earlier that year where they were giving out like a little bit of a, not a ticket, but they give you like somehow if you get this paper, you fill it out and that's how you get online to get the ticket. Yeah. So we went to this house show. It was awesome. Um, Steve Austin literally stunned Shane McMahon. I'd say a thousand times, maybe, wow. maybe even 2000, like kept stunnering and stunner. Vince gets in there, pours the beer on him. Stunner. It was just, Oh, it was just an awesome house show. And we got the ticket, mailed it in and we're like, Oh my God, we got first row tickets to WrestleMania. It was crazy, but it was just so much fun back then when, you know, with Austin and the attitude era and, and yeah. everything else and vince right and it was it was good times back then yeah it's not the same like i went i think the last show i went to was um i went to a house show in rockford illinois and you know it was a lot of families you know sunday afternoon house show and i had front row um and it was fun to be in the front row but i'm just like this, this is not what it, I, I just don't have the passion for it like i used to so uh, the only thing i do enjoy going to now is have you heard of shim uh shimmer Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Females. Yep. Yeah. Women wrestling. Yep. So they're, I think they do their um, two sets of tapings a year here in Chicago. And I've gone, I discovered that like two years ago. I was really late to, par- to the party on that. But um, that is, that to me is enjoyable. Like just being in that little, it's like a VW hall, but smaller. It's mm-hmm. this really tiny venue and uh, it smells bad. It looks shitty, but. Um, it's just a good energy and all the girls on that, they fly in girls from everywhere. You know, um, every woman's wrestler that you know now on TV, 95% of them have run through shimmer at some point. So, uh, it's just cool to, to see these girls in this tiny venue. And then, you know, in a year, you know, five of them will be on TV. Like 
I saw Sh- uh, Shotzi Blackheart's last match, uh, Britt Baker, her last match, uh, a few other people. Tessa will still come in every once in a while. Actually, she's been there every time. They'll fly her in. Um, yeah, that that's pretty much the only thing I enjoy these days. I like those venues. I remember I used to go to ROH. I mean, we're talking about like 15, 16 years ago when they had the smaller venues and the, the energy and the crowd. It just it just make makes the show so much better and much better fans too. The, the kind of back then they were a little bit more I don't know respectful, but they would get into the actual what was going on in the ring and stuff and kind of you know add to the show instead of take away. Yeah, like the Shimmer ones that I go to, it's it's a real small crowd and you know it's mostly guys and. You would think, oh, it'd be it'd be these real pervy, you know, wrestling fans, but it's not. It's just, you know, they're just just nice people, and they're very respectful, and and there's no chanting, which which I love. It's just people that they're there to see a nice, you know, a, 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 just have a good time and watch great matches, and and all the girls on those cards, they all have like they're so invested in their character, their outfits. Um, they're, they just, they've really defined characters and it's amazing, you know, that these most, most of them are indie girls, but they're so into it, you know? So that's, that's, what's cool about it. Yeah. Shimmer's been kind of, um, you know, maybe low key to some people, but uh, I think it's been a lot of like recruiting from AEW yeah. and WB. Whoever is they're doing the recruiting it could be Regal or whoever definitely watches Shimmer because they get a, a lot, like you said, ninety percent of the girls are from Shimmer, or at least have gone through there and wrestled through there. So that's, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Now, as we hit the wind down, head towards the finish, what has been your favorite part of the Mike Durbin show? Like, who's been your favorite guest? What porn star did you have on? Is yeah. Disco Inferno? Is Disco the best guest of all time? I mean, what about Mike Durbin show? I don't know if I had like Felicia Rose is not a porn star. I wouldn't call her a porn star. It's she's an, um, a content creator. You know, she has an only yeah, fan. Yep, she's yep. she's on keeping 100 a lot. She does the intros. I, yeah, I don't I don't know if she'd want to be called a porn star or what. Um, <laughs> I don't want to offend her. She's very vocal. Uh, she, um, I She'll had her on. You, that was yeah. a lot of fun. She was a great guest. Uh, I, I was going to have an, a real porn star on at some point. Um, and then um, COVID hit. And then I, th- I think they stopped doing their. She had like a, a YouTube show. What was her name? But it was somebody I knew. I forgot her name now, but I was going to have her on. Um, uh, I've had a singer of a, of a band called Valora that I really love. I've loved them for years. And uh, I had the singer on, this girl, Sid. Uh, that was really cool to have her on. Uh, I've had a handful of wrestlers. I've had Disco Inferno on three times. And that that's the most fun, you know, Disco. Because... Um, I think Disco Inferno is like the most funny guy in podcasting right now. You know, just he's so hilarious and he's very intelligent. Uh, politically, I agree with most of what he says. Um, I just really like his his thinking. And um, I actually I had Conan on my show. We did it was like a dual thing. We had it went to their Patreon first, but it's gonna come out on my show eventually. We did it like six months ago, and I've just been holding it holding it for um for like a, a nice round number i think episode 60 but conan and i just did the top five stevie wonder songs oh wow interesting yeah. interesting choice wow yeah uh so it was me and conan it was like a friday night like one in the morning uh you know he got real high of course he's he took a trip to iran and uh we just sat there for like an hour and a half just playing these stevie wonder songs and going through our top fives and, and telling stories about how we discovered him and all that. So 
I think that was might have been one of my top three moments is Conan. Uh, I had Vince on a couple times too, and the first time I had him on, we talked about all our tattoos. You know, Vince has a lot of you know random mm-hmm. tattoos, all you know randomly on him. Um, so I, I'm like, what are these? Like, you know, you can see a lot of them, but some of them you can't, you don't know what they are. So we did a whole episode on that, on his, and then we talked about mine too. So that was really cool. Oh, I had his son on there. I had Will Russo on. Oh yeah. And it was the, I think it was the first podcast Will had ever done outside of Vince's stuff. It might've been, I don't know, but, um, it was cool to, to learn about him and his upbringing, you know, growing up the son of Russo. That was a really, a really good time, and and a lot of brand members loved that show, that episode. Yeah, that's got to be a unique thing. Everyone says your dad sucked, and yeah. why did your dad win the world title, and blah, 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 all this like nonsense. He's got to hear, it and he's like, I don't know, I'm just this kid. I didn't do anything. I didn't do you know anything to get any heat. Yeah, a lot of the wrestlers I've had on, like it's, they weren't really on the show. It's stuff that I recorded at Starcast or at um, you know another convention I went to you know, they're five or seven minutes long. Like I had Cornette on. Oh, wow. Yeah. And dude, that was, people were impressed. Like, how did you get Jim Cornette on? You know, I was at a comic book convention here two or three years ago. Uh, I asked him, I talked to him, you know, I, I bought like a, a, a eight by 10 and I talked to him for a few minutes and then I went back later and I asked him if I could interview him real quick. And he's like, he's like, sure. He was so nice. He was the most friendly guy. And, um, yeah, that, that turned out pretty cool. Um, I don't think I asked him too many wrestling questions. It was mostly just other stuff. Like I asked him about Wendy's and comic books <laughs> yeah, and yeah. things like that. So, um, yeah, that was that was a pretty big moment for me to have Jim Cornette on. I feel like he gets a bad rap. I know him very well. He's such a nice guy. He did a lot of nice things for me. So I'm always like, people are like, oh, no, he's an asshole. I was like, well, not to me. I was like, yeah. I, I like him. And I was like, I think a little bit of it's for the air, a little bit of a gimmick. Uh, so I was like, yeah. I think people may exaggerate just a little bit. I think he's a nice guy. And that's awesome that, that you were able to get him on the show. Yeah. Um, so I may be one of the very few people that have had both him and Vince on, the, on my show, you know, on one show. And uh, to be friendly with both of them. So. Yeah, that's yeah. that's quite that is quite the thing to do because you know those two do not get along with each other. That's yeah. uh, another cool um, interview was Santana Garrett. Oh yes, no, yes. Yep, yep. Now I really didn't. I mean, I saw her in the May Young tournament, the first one, and then she was at Starcast, uh, the first one, and um, I asked her to. I asked the interviewer, and she was so friendly. She like you know, moved everything off the table and I sat down next to her and Hambone filmed it, did a great job. And I remember just sitting next to her and, and she's, uh, she's beautiful, right? Santana yep. Garrett, I mean, yeah. flawless. Mm-hmm. And she was so friendly and uh, it was a nice, nice 10 minute interview. Good times. I think she's in NXT right now. Yeah. So she, she had been in there. She had done spots in there before I interviewed her, you know, in the past years. And then, officially she she got signed by them maybe a year ago a year and a half at this point but she hasn't been on that much she's on she does a job every once in a while i don't think she's been on at all during covid oh wow yeah she, even um, though she lives she lives right by there like she's, i was gonna say i think she's from orlando i think yeah yeah, yeah and so she's pretty know. good wrestler she's pretty good hand she's pretty good wrestler yeah she's a she's a great baby face like i also saw her at this uh there's a thing called warrior wrestling 
Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's like a, it's based out of a high school uh, on the South side here. Uh, And they bring in huge names. I don't know how they make money off these shows because they bring in like, they'll have like 15 big names coming to to this high school gym. Um, And I saw, I think this is the first time I saw her live. Uh, It was her versus Tessa. And it was a really, really good match, you know? So yeah, she can work. I just, I wish they would uh, do something with her soon, you know? Yeah, it's weird. Sometimes it's like, wow, what are they doing? And all of a sudden they're on TV and then they never get off TV. So I think as soon as she gets her opportunity, she'll be on. But it's all about getting your break, for sure. Now, what's next for Get My Go? What do we have to look forward to? Uh, Get My Go, we're having a a big Christmas party coming up in the next few weeks. I don't know what day it is yet, but uh, we're going to do a Christmas episode. And... um, That'll be, that might be episode 28 or 29. And then, I don't know. I'd I'd like to try and shift gears and go in another direction. Of course, we'll still come back and and hit the, uh, you know, Johnny podcasting and his crew. But, you know, I don't want to do it every time because it's, you know, it's fun, but it's, it's also torturous to have to hear this guy speak for an hour, you know. I was listening. I was listening to the song. You're not doctoring what his quotes, right? Because he said something. It was like he said it. Ah, damn it, I forget the what the quote, but he said it, and it was like the exact opposite. And then he came back. Yeah, he contradicts like, himself. <laughs> he contradicts himself a lot. And then yeah, yeah. there's a part where he's um, he's praising Vince Russo and Jeff Lane. Yeah. And then right after that, he's he's criticizing them and saying, "Yeah, Russo, you got kicked off of Westwood One. Nobody wants you. You burned every yeah. bridge you've ever made." You know, but right before that, he's kissing his ass and then, you know, he's kissing Jeff Lane's ass and uh, he praises me for about there's like a 20 second clip where he praises me. Now, I got to find there's a show he did where he was ripping on me. I got to find that one and get a get a clip of that and then put it after the part where he praises me. Right. Just, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for just for continuity. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's great. I love it. But, um, you know, before we let you go, I just want to get out all your plugs. Where can everybody get Get Mike Go? Where can they get Mike Durbin Show? Where can they get you on all your uh, social media links? You can find uh, you can follow me on Inst- uh, Twitter at Mike Durbin, D-U-R-B-A-N-D. Uh, also on Twitter, it's at Get My Go Show. For some reason, there was a at Get My Go was taken. I don't know Whoa. how that's possible. Whoa. And it's been like it was like a five year old account. Right. So I'm thinking this person came up with get my go before John did, you know? Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it's get my go show. Uh, my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Mike Durband. You can see my Santana Garrett interview that's on video. Uh, the Cornette interviews on video. I got DDP, uh, you know, not as many as you, you've got, you've got <laughs> hundreds, man. You've got a very impressive, uh, list on your YouTube, but, um, I've got some interesting ones. The, what, one of the ones I'm most proud of is the one I talked about earlier, the the, the Jericho Cruise video. Uh, if you didn't go on that, or if you did, take a look at it. You'll It'll bring back some good memories for you. Um, all the bands that were playing on there. Uh, I got some really great scenic sh- uh, shots from the boat, you know, on the ocean. Uh, beautiful time, man. I recommend that cruise to anybody. Go on, uh, th- go on the third one. I think, that, you know, if COVID goes away, that'll be next year. Uh, youtube.com slash get my go. That's where you can find 26 amazing episodes of get my go on video. Um, 
this is breaking news. You're the first person to hear it. Get My Go will be in audio form soon. Oh. Yeah. It'll Where be at? Po- it'll be a podcast. We don't know yet. It's not going to be on the Creative Control Network because we don't want it to be affiliated with that. We want it to be you know, a separate thing. Uh, if it ever gets taken down for whatever reason, we don't want it to affect yep, creative Joe, control. Yep. So yeah, I think Joe is going to set it all up. He know, he handles all that stuff. He's he's a wizard with that stuff. So yeah, I handle the creative stuff. He's going to handle that stuff. So it'll be on audio. A lot of people have been asking for it because you know not everybody can sit with with YouTube, you know, and and listen to a, an hour and a half show or an hour. Yep. So people have been asking us for audio. So it's it'll be in audio form soon. Well, Mike, thank you for all of the time today. Really appreciate it. Great stuff as always. Definitely uh, recommend Get My Go and, of course, the Mike Durbin Show as well. Mike, thank you so much. And uh, one more thing. Uh, I'd like to invite you on Get My Go. You seem like the the nicest guy. I don't know if you have any. Do you have a mean side to you? Can you cut promos on people? Oh yeah. Don't oh, uh, okay. <laughs> don't don't ask my wife because uh, she knows she knows all about it. Well or, we, or we, my we, brother. I, I get on my brother all the time. Oh my god. I got I have a twin brother. I get on who actually was on the Jericho cruise. I don't know if he saw you, but um he was actually on the was he on the second he I know he was on the first one. He might even have been on the second one too. Yeah. Oh no, he was because he told me he was giving me spoilers to some of the matches and stuff. So yeah, he was on both. Mm. So yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, do, well, you who, who you have I, an open. We'll we'll bring you on. We'd love to have you on. All we right. Can, we can All rip right. on Chris Martin uh, for tagging you in every post that he makes. <laughs> yeah. I saw a fake Chris Martin thing. I would look, I was like confused. I'm like, wait a second, which is what's here? Because somebody had created a fake account of his. So I was like, oh my God. There are a few. Yeah, there's there's brother charlatan, there's um Pastor Chris 911. There's a there's a two or three of them, and they're all very funny. So yeah. Yeah, nice. you, 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 you can yeah. I'd you love cut to a promo on him yeah. and uh, just ask him, you know, why why do you tag me on everything? <laughs> you know, I don't need to be tagged in the inspired quote of the day. I don't need to be tagged when your your new episode comes out. Leave me alone. <laughs> I know it's <laughs> annoying because he used to do it to me. And thank God that stopped. So yeah, I want to thank you. But now you're getting calls. Yeah. 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 I gotta, maybe I'll call him back. I'll see why he's calling me at uh, 10 o'clock at night. So. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. It was it's a again, it's a real honor to be on, on, on your show, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.